Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I am joined by Maxim Ribibo, a Salesforce B2C Commerce Cloud specialist based in France. We discuss what first attracted Maxim to working with Demandware prior to their acquisition by Salesforce, and then explore whether or not he saw the acquisition as a positive at the time. We go over the differences between B2C and B2B offerings by Salesforce, as well as looking at the skills required to work on B2C and how the development on this platform differs from coding on the core Salesforce platform. Maxim explains the types of companies that he regularly sees opting for Salesforce B2C commerce, what makes a project complex, and how Salesforce have built on and expanded the Demandware platform. Finally, Maxim talks about the challenges that people face with trying to gain experience on Commerce Cloud, but offers some resources that people may find useful. I hope that you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. Maxim, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Ben. Thank you. Pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, really keen uh, to hear about your journey, your story, and uh, the world of Commerce Cloud, because we haven't had a guest to discuss Commerce Cloud on on the podcast before. So I'm hoping you're going to shed a lot of light and uh, talk about your experience. But Oh, wow. I always like to look back and um, and try to understand a bit more about you before you kind of joined this um, ecosystem. So w- what were you doing? What was your career before you found Demandware? I started working uh, with Demandware very young. Uh, so my career before that was only one year working with PHP. Okay. I was working with uh, Symfony 2. And uh, yes, I was uh, working... Uh, at a French startup called Babbler. And I worked during uh, one year on uh, PHP and uh, Bootstrap. Uh, I was not uh, really focused on backend or uh, frontend. And uh, after this year, I understood that I wanted to do backend. Okay. So you studied um, programming? Like, you, did you always want to be in the kind of development world? Yes, I started programming very, very young. I was at school and uh, I was just creating my first uh, website. Yeah, that that was really nice. My brother is also working uh, in IT, in programming. Uh, so I was uh, inspired by him nice. when I started to, to do that. Yes. So you mentioned um, you decided or realized quite early on that you didn't want to do front end. You wanted to be a back end developer. Why was that? I don't know. Uh, I just worked on both sides and uh, I preferred uh, back end. Yeah. Okay, nice. So obviously you were working with PHP and then um, you you moved into the Demandware space. So if anyone's listening and they don't know what Demandware is, that was the company that Salesforce acquired to make um, B2C Commerce Cloud. So what was it that interested you about Demandware back at that stage of your career? When you moved away from PHP and decided to move into Demandware, why was it Demandware that interested you? I remember I was searching for a new apprenticeship contract and I was uh, invited to an informal session uh, where some companies uh, were there to recruit and I remember that there was three companies Itelios and two other companies Itelios which was uh, the leader to SFCC into Commerce Cloud in in France into Demandware in France and the three companies talked about their project their technologies and uh, why uh, they wanted to recruit and uh, I remember Itelios uh, was talking about Demandware 
And uh, when I heard about this technology, I understood that it was a very closed ecosystem, very closed environment. And uh, that was a good opportunity to start with uh, this ecosystem because I knew that it was hard to learn by myself. So um, it was a different product than PHP or JavaScript that you can just learn by yourself. So I talked to Itilios recruiters and uh, I just tried and uh, it worked. So I got my first contract, apprenticeship contract with uh, Itilios for uh, demandware development. And this so this was before um, Salesforce acquired demandware? Yes, exactly. Okay, nice. It was in 2015. And you say it was a closed ecosystem um, because it was a difficult platform to learn. I guess you looked at that as a good career opportunity that it would just mean that you could specialize and therefore you knew your skills would be in demand? I didn't know that I wanted to be specialized into this technology, but you know, when you are working on a very uh, specific technology like this to a, a niche, there is a lot of demand on the market. So that was the idea when I started with this technology. So how did you learn? Because like you said, it is a closed ecosystem. And my understanding is there's no like sandbox available or back then even for demand where, you know, it wasn't a Salesforce product. Therefore, there wasn't anything like Trailhead at that stage. How do you learn to be a demandware developer? I just learned because uh, there was Italio's team that was here to help me. And uh, yeah, I just started with the documentation that was not public uh, as a demandware product. It was not even public. Even the documentation was not public. And uh, after I just started on L'Oreal project by fixing bugs. So when you are fixing some uh, issues, it's easier to learn because you are just searching into existing code. Why it's working like this? Uh, why is this behavior? And uh, I was searching. Um, I had some time to learn because uh, I was learning. I was a student. A student, that was a, an apprenticeship contract. So that was different than a real uh, permanent role or a freelance contract. So yes, uh, the team was here to help me. And uh, I had a mentor at uh, Itelios. And uh, yeah, that's it. They just helped me to understand and to grow up in this technology. From your previous experience as a PHP developer, was there much of a transferable skill set? Was the coding language similar? Similar to what? To PHP and uh, and the manual? Yes. Like uh, all uh, development languages, it's uh, it's the same logic, same backend logic when you, you have to create algorithms and uh, something like this. But uh, that was completely different, especially with uh, pipelines. When we were uh, working on the manual, there was a graphical environment on Eclipse. So everyone uh, hated Eclipse, <laughs> I remember, but uh, that was the only... Uh, ID available for demandware. So we had to, to work on Eclipse with a pipeline that it was just graphical things. You have to add some things to create a, a simple loop or a simple conditions. And that was very hard to review when you have to create a pull request. So yeah, that, that was horrible. Pipelines was uh, very, very different. And uh, talking about the backend language, it was demandware script. So that was like JavaScript, but specific to demandware. And it was a little bit different, a little bit more proprietary. Yeah. So that was uh, hard to, to work with it, but I just learned. And now it's more standard with uh, Salesforce. 
So when you when you first started learning, and obviously it wasn't the most enjoyable development to do, you know, like you said, you weren't enjoying working with Eclipse and so on. Did you just pursue it, continue working with it because you you could see that there was a big opportunity there, or did you ever consider going back to PHP? I've never considered uh, coming back to PHP, but I tried to change my career to a mobile developer because I love Apple and I love iPhones. So I just wanted to create something uh, on my iPhone. And uh, I tried that Italius. Italius said, uh, okay, you want to to make a mobile? Uh, okay, you can maybe try. And uh, I tried during uh, one week and uh, they said, oh, uh, you are better at demandware. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just continued uh, with the demandware. I have to admit that it was not uh, the best part of my career <laughs> because I was uh, disappointed. But uh, but yes, uh, after that, I think that's a good thing. Today, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, you definitely uh, fell back into the right place. When Salesforce acquired Demandware, did you see that as a good thing? Did you know much about Salesforce as a business at that point? Uh, yes, that, that's a good thing uh, because everyone knows Salesforce. So uh, before, uh, when you were talking about demandware, some people uh, were saying, uh, oh, what's demandware? But when you say Salesforce Commerce Cloud, they said, they say, uh, oh, I don't know uh, Commerce Cloud, but uh, yes, Salesforce, I know it. And um, it's, it's different. So it's a good thing about uh, Salesforce reputation. So they are very famous in the market. And uh, also customers want to be uh, into Salesforce uh, ecosystem. So Let's say they already have a marketing cloud or a service cloud, or I don't know. They just have to, to connect their integration system to Commerce Cloud. And uh, they are more into Salesforce ecosystem. So yes, I, I think it's, uh, it's uh, better like this. And of course, Salesforce has changed the technology to be more open. So it's, uh, it's also better. Sure. It's still closed, but uh, it's more open yeah. than before. Yeah, nice. And the documentation is public now. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Hey, that makes it a lot easier. So um, a lot of people might not understand that there's two products in the, the commerce cloud space now that Salesforce do own them. I think people see commerce cloud as one, but then obviously there's there's B2C commerce, there's B2B commerce. So like very basically, I guess, for anyone to understand, what's the difference between the two platforms? I will uh, try to explain uh, with my words because I'm not a B2B uh, expert. Uh, so I'm working on B2C commerce part. And uh, yes, B2B commerce is a completely different product. Uh, it's an acquisition too. Uh, it's from uh, Cloud Craze. So B2C commerce was demandware and uh, B2B commerce was Cloud Craze. Salesforce acquired it and uh, it's built on core platform. B2C commerce is still on uh, demandware structure and uh, architecture. So uh, that's why we can't uh, get a sandbox easily for B2B commerce. So it's different product. You can manage uh, something differently. For example, I know that for B2B companies have to order a big uh, amount of quantities. So uh, they want to buy uh, 1000 pieces of something and uh, they can do it easily. In B2C commerce, we are always uh, limiting uh, to five products because it's not for this. It's not created for these quantities. For B2B commerce, we can reorder something uh, very easily. I don't know exactly how it works. I've never 
put hands on this product. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just know that uh, some people were talking to me about uh, this product and they were saying, uh, yes, uh, you can uh, order uh, a lot of entities and that's it. But I don't know. I don't know how it works exactly. So with B2C, can you do um, like repetitive orders as well at all or, or not? It's not. You, you have to, to customize the solution to do that. Okay. Uh, and uh, yes, you cannot deal with it uh, very easily. You have to do custom development. Sure. So with B2C not being on the core Salesforce platform, you know, the, the skill set I imagine is completely different to, to B2B and from a, a development perspective and, and very different to like a typical Salesforce developer role. So your skill set isn't Apex at all, right? You're, you're a programmer, but you wouldn't touch Apex. So what are the kind of core programming languages now that it is on the Salesforce ecosystem are you um, coding with day to day? What technical skill set do you need to be a, a B2C commerce cloud developer? Of course, uh, we don't need anything about um, Apex and Lightning and yeah, all, all these uh, Salesforce ecosystem languages. Uh, I don't know anything about this. I know only Commerce Cloud and I have to learn more about Salesforce ecosystem, by the way. Um, but for Commerce Cloud, you don't have to learn all of this. Uh, JavaScript is the most important language here. So you have to understand uh, the programming concepts like uh, MVC, Model View Controller, JavaScript, because it's JavaScript uh, almost everywhere. And uh, yes, it's more standard. Uh, As I said uh, in the previous question, now Salesforce acquired demandware. JavaScript is not a demandware script anymore, except on old projects. But yes, you, you you just have to learn JavaScript. There is the templates. Templates are into... ISML, which is um, HTML, but with some backend uh, logic uh, specific to demandware. It's uh, like a twig for uh, Symfony. That's it. I think uh, JavaScript and uh, some programming concepts, that's enough. Tired of wasting time on tedious processes? Try FormAssembly, the secure, all-in-one Salesforce-connected data collection platform FormAssembly helps customers streamline and automate data collection processes, enabling organizations in all industries to save an average of 55 hours each week on manual data entry. Using the platform's new workflow builder, non-technical users can map entire data collection workflows, eliminate inefficient processes, and make better, faster decisions, all without code or help from IT. Visit www.formassembly.com forward slash talent hub to learn more about the number one enterprise data collection platform for Salesforce. So once once a platform is live, like once a company have implemented B2C commerce, do they still need a developer to make amendments or, or can that be done by a more functional person? Is it like drag and drop? There is some drag and drop, not a lot, not a lot yet. Uh, maybe uh, it will be more like this in the future because I know customers love drag and drop. Yeah. So Salesforce created something uh, which is called Page Designer. Page Designer is something when you can do drag and drops with the same UI than uh, Lightning and other Salesforce products. Uh, so it's to create some content uh, assets, to create some landing pages uh, when you can drag and drop some elements some text, some images, videos, and so on. But that's it. I think that's only page designer, which is using a drag and drop, uh, except 
page designer, you have to create uh, everything on your own into custom development or something into the, the business manager, uh, which is the back office of Commerce Cloud. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So from your experience, and you've been in the commerce cloud world for a number of years now, is there like a sweet spot in terms of the size of company? Like you mentioned L'Oreal earlier, right? So big, huge global company, like makes sense that they would invest heavily in expensive technology. But do you see small companies also using B2C commerce cloud? Or is it like really only over a certain sized organization, certain amount of turnover would, would make use of it? I worked with uh, smaller companies, uh, but it's not very common. So uh, in general, it's uh, very large companies, luxurious uh, companies. So it's a very expensive product, uh, of course. So it's uh, more for these uh, companies, large companies. I don't know if it's only uh, profitable for uh, large companies, but I also worked with uh, smaller companies. I won't uh, tell some names uh, <laughs> because yeah, to tell it's small companies. That's not very good. Sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. But when is a project complex then? So like if you've got a L'Oreal, like a huge organization, what would make something like that complex? Is it the, the volume of um, of users? Like I guess the number of visitors to a commerce cloud site that, that would make a, a project complex? Is it the amount of transactions that go through? What makes one project more challenging than another? Uh, I think what you, what you are saying is correct. A uh, number of transactions and, uh, and uh, visitors on the website. Also the popularity of uh, the brand because sometimes you have to fight uh, against uh, some bots that are trying to get uh, the whole uh, quantities you have when you just uh, release a new product. Sometimes people are trying to, to buy everything in one time. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, it can be challenging to work into a large integration system. So when you have a lot of different products that are connecting uh, to Commerce Cloud, you have different format files. Uh, so sometimes you have to send uh, XML files, sometimes uh, CSV, and uh, you just have to, to send everything uh, to a lot of different FTPs. And uh, to keep everything uh, clear into your system, it can be challenging. And also uh, because Salesforce is releasing uh, new technologies, you have to improve your skills and uh, try to work with these new technologies. So sometimes it can be challenging to work with a new technology like uh, PWA Kit or, uh, I don't know, uh, SFRA, the framework uh, which has been released in 2017. Yes, it can be it can be challenging. I saw your post recently about a candidate that had, you know, 10 years SFRA experience. <laughs> so that happens in the commerce cloud world as well. Yes, but I changed it uh, because I think it was not very nice. Uh, but uh, I think that was funny uh, to see uh, 10 plus years of experience on SFRA, but it has been released five years ago. So Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It happens all the time. Yes, but I changed it. <laughs> So from uh, like, obviously you said it was a good thing when Salesforce acquired um, Demandware, but have they really optimized the platform? Like SFRA, is, has that been a significant improvement to the way that things were previously done? Oh, yes. Um, SFRA is, uh, uh, completely, it was completely new uh, to Commerce Cloud uh, space because before that, we were working on Site Genesis, uh, the previous framework, and uh, SFRA 
was very new about the mobile first. So it was more uh, mobile first. Yes, it was coming with uh, Bootstrap. And uh, I know for front end, everything was uh, better, except uh, some front end people complaining about jQuery usage here. But that's another uh, topic. And um, on the back end side, yeah, it, it was better for performances. Uh, of course, uh, and for mobile too. And uh, I don't remember exactly the changes, but you could also overwrite some uh, files with a better management than uh, Cygenesis where you were just copying all the files and modifying directly. So it was very different and better with uh, SFRA. And now we are still talking about performances with uh, LS and uh, all these uh, new technologies that are coming. Yeah, nice. And you you mentioned before integrations to other systems. So for anyone that you know isn't aware of the space that you play in in terms of like the the process. So I guess the Commerce Cloud is the front end, right? So that's where the order is taken. So what other integrations do you typically see? Like what other systems integrated to? I guess there's a finance system. Yes, finance system uh, or the management system. You have uh, the DAM for uh, images and uh, and uh, assets. Uh, you have the PIM for uh, your catalog and products, and uh, you have to integrate all of this to connect everything to Commerce Cloud. You have to send orders to your order management system. You have uh, to connect everything, and uh, you have to cross uh, fingers to see if everything is working, to connect the, the warehouse also, um, just to see if uh, everything is correct. So yes, that's the hard part. And payment gateways, I guess? Yes, also, of course, <laughs> yes, you can uh, connect different uh, payment processors uh, to to different countries. It can be challenging when you don't know exactly how a payment gateway is working, uh, so you are working on a new one, but sometimes it's the same. Uh, you are you can work uh, with uh, IDN, uh, with a uh, cyber source, uh, so it's uh, sometimes it's the same, yeah. So obviously you've been in the ecosystem for a while now and you're a freelancer now, I believe. So do you see in terms of job opportunities, is that the way the commerce cloud market is? There's more freelance work or do you see more permanent roles? In France, there is a lot of permanent roles, not a lot of freelance commerce cloud developer on France. I know it's very uh, common to see freelance guys for commerce cloud into UK or into India. I don't know for maybe also for US market. I don't know. But uh, I know in UK, it's, uh, it's very, very common. I would say in France, it's more permanent roles. So I don't have a lot of information about it. I don't have some numbers to, to give. But And how long does a typical, like in your experience and the ones you've worked on, how long does a typical project last for? Uh, I would say the minimum for a project when you start from the beginning is at least six months. You can do shorter, but it can be very hard, uh, like four months, but it, it's hard. Uh, I think, yes, for your project, six months uh, is the minimum for a good product. After that, can last longer. Uh, I worked on a project during more than uh, one, uh, one year just to launch the project. It was for Fenty, the project of uh, Rihanna. Yeah, almost one year and a half, I think. But uh, it was a very complex project uh, because that was my first project with uh, SFRA. That was a project with a single page application technology. So that was completely different. We don't see this uh, every time on, on Commerce Cloud. 
So that was a very new and very challenging. And uh, from from your experience now, obviously over the years, are you seeing there are more? There's more talent available now, like more people coming into the market, or do you still see it as you know a shortage of good qualities commerce cloud developers? Of course, uh, since um, uh, Salesforce acquired Demandware, uh, you were asking me if. Uh, if it was a good thing, uh, yes, that's a good thing for this because developers are now more interested by Salesforce. Sometimes they are coming from another Salesforce product and they just want to learn Commerce Cloud. So yes, there is more people into Commerce Cloud space now. So how does someone learn now? Because you didn't have Sandbox, you know, you had very limited documentation. If someone is listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I want to make the move and, uh, you know, I I don't have any Salesforce experience at all. I don't have any commerce cloud experience. Where would you start? That's the hard part. (laughs) So to to start, I think that's like for marketing cloud, you cannot get a Sandbox to work. Yeah. So for commerce cloud, it's the same. You can learn theory on Tradehead. Salesforce did great trailhead for Commerce Cloud. So you can learn theory here. Uh, you can talk to Commerce Cloud uh, people. You can um, try to read the documentation to see how is working Commerce Cloud. Uh, because in the documentation, you have some snippets, you have uh, some uh, codes uh, you can just check. So yes, that's only theory. And if you want to practice and uh, to work on a real project, you need some some luck mm-hmm. of course uh, javascript is uh, is very important and if you know javascript if you have a good experience into it world into development you can try to work on a project uh, by talking to managers or hr and try them. Sure. Well, fingers crossed, hopefully in the future, there'll be some sort of sandbox because, um, yeah, like from my experience, what I'm seeing is like here in Australia, especially, it's very short of talent. You know, to find a good uh, B2C commerce club is very, very difficult. There's probably like in Australia, there's, you know, definitely less than 100 experienced people, I would say, on B2C commerce as a development skill set. So we need more people. So hopefully Salesforce will open something up in the future. I don't know if they will uh, do it. I think that's uh, very hard to change the whole architecture to create a sandbox uh, like this. Uh, you can create sandbox on demand. That's something uh, Salesforce uh, created, but it's uh, expensive and uh, you can't just use a, a playground like uh, other Salesforce product in Trailhead. So yes, that's different. That's hard. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it's been a while now uh, Salesforce acquired Demandware and nothing uh, really changed on that side. So I don't know. From what you're seeing in the market, are you feeling positive about the continued growth and the continued volume of opportunities that we'll see? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, more and more customers are using uh, Commerce Cloud. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's a good thing for the market and uh, they need more and more developers. So... Yes, that's good for, for the market and the developers are just joining the Commerce Cloud community. We are almost uh, 8,000 uh, on the unofficial Slack uh, community for Commerce Cloud. So uh, that's great. And uh, more and more people are joining the community here. So uh, if you are watching this uh, video and you didn't join us yet, you can join uh, SFCC unofficial Slack. I don't remember the, the name exactly, unofficial B2C commerce community on Slack. Okay, nice. 
Yeah, that's good to know. That's excellent that there's something out there because I think, yeah, like it's great for people to be able to get that kind of information and share resources and ideas. Yes. So if anyone wants to reach out to you directly and and not have to troll through Slack to find you, where's the best place um, from a social media perspective? Oh, LinkedIn. I'm uh, active on LinkedIn and you can join me uh, anytime. I'm uh, always connected. So uh, even to talk, uh, I'm uh, I'm very uh, available. You just send me a message, uh, say hi, and I will answer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's really been great to hear more about your story and uh, and get an insight into the world of Commerce Cloud. And thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll share that with our audience. And hopefully you'll have some people reach out asking some questions. Thank you. Thank you, Ben, for inviting me. And uh, yes, I'm ready for questions if you want to talk with me. Awesome. Thank you. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform, as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon. And thanks again.